Hi guys, welcome back to Freeman Sports Pod episode 3. Um, today I'm going to be talking about the NBA and NHL playoffs again, and I'm also going to be talking about the Kentucky Derby. Um, this podcast is probably going to be one of my shorter ones, definitely my shortest one up to date, uh, because I have some studying to get back to and not much happened, but I just kind of felt like I was in the mood to make another episode. Uh, so without further ado, let's get right into it. Um, so I'm going to start off with my NBA thoughts on the playoffs so far. So I think the Bucks are kind of back to who we expected them to be, or at least who I expected them to be in this series. And, I mean, I think Paul Pierce already is a bad analysis guy, but I think he needs to kind of pump the brakes and just shut up and listen and watch the NBA playoffs because he was like, after game one, oh, yeah, the series is already done, it's over. Then they lose game two. But, oh, it's in Milwaukee. They had to win game two. But then they go in Boston to win game three. And, I mean, I think Milwaukee's going to end up taking that series in six or seven games still now that they settled things down. But I think Paul Pierce should have just kept his mouth shut and let the Celtics do the talking because the Bucks are a very talented team. Uh, moving on to the other matchup in the East with Toronto and Philly. Right now they're actually tied at 81 um, in the fourth quarter. I have the game on on mute so I can record this podcast episode. Um, and this is a huge game because I think if Philly ends up taking this game, I'm going to say that they win the series in six. But if they lose this game, I'm going to take the Raptors in seven. So this is huge in my opinion. This game is going to really determine, at least in my opinion, who wins that series. Um, so now moving on out west, the Blazers play Denver tonight, and they're up two games to one. I think Portland's going to end up taking the series in six. I'm I'm pretty sure I took them originally, and I'm sticking to it just because I think Denver needed that game. They needed that four-overtime game because I think Portland was the better team in that game, but it would have been huge for Denver to steal that game on the road that they probably were outplayed in and could have completely shifted that series, and I probably would have then said Denver in seven. But I still think that Portland's going to take that series now. And now the series that obviously matters most to me, uh, if you guys don't know this by now, then I'm surprised that I'm obviously a huge Chris Paul fan. I'm going to talk a lot about the Rockets-Warriors series. Um, so I still think the Warriors at this point will win the series. However, if the Rockets take game four, then I truly believe, first off, that it's automatically going seven games. And I truly do believe the Rockets will have a great chance at winning that series in seven. But what's really going to determine if I think the Rockets can win it in seven or not are two things. One, obviously they have to win game four. But two, win or lose in game five, if they do lose, it depends on how close they make the game. Like if they barely lose at Oracle and we're right there, or they get screwed over by the refs per usual again when they're at Oracle, and that's what costs them, then I believe they can win in seven. But if they just struggle and get dominated at Oracle, then they'll probably lose in seven. Because if it gets to a game six, I don't see the Rockets losing that game, no doubt. Um... And I want to talk specifically about some of the players and stuff uh, more in depth, so I'm going to talk about that in a second, but I just want to finish my prediction for that series first. Um, but, like, in that game in particular, the Warriors had no business being in that game. If, if it wasn't for the fact that the Rockets had so many careless turnovers, I, I like, I'm, I'm thrilled that the Rockets won that game, but at the same time, I'm also embarrassed. Like, the Rockets should have had no trouble. When they were up 11 or 12, that's, like, when they kind of showed who they really were at home and that they were clearly the better team in that game. And I honestly, I knew the Warriors would come back, but I thought the Rockets would win that game by, like, 8 or 9 points. So I'm disappointed that they even needed overtime. That's embarrassing. Um, I also want to talk about Draymond Green. I'm just disappointed in him because, like, obviously I don't like anyone on the Warriors, but he should know better than that to hit hard in the face again. And I don't care accent or no accent. He's a, like, I just don't like him as a player or as a person. I don't like 
the way he plays the game or anything. I just don't think he's that talented. I think he's solid on defense, but I think if it wasn't for the fact on the Warriors, he wouldn't be anything special, and that's why I think he should be careful about wanting a payday because I don't think he's warranted of one. I think the Warriors just make him look better than he is. And I think that screen on Austin Rivers, I mean, it might have been clean, but like, he didn't need to be excessive like that. He could have just set a normal screen and gotten Curry open. And I also want to make fun of Steph Curry briefly for messing up that dunk. Like, I get that you've dunked before, but I believe you're not. he's now one for four on dunks. And even though they probably would have lost the game regardless in that scenario, you don't try to go for the dunk. You try to make the layup to play things safe, even if you can dunk. Unless you're a really athletic or gifted player or just tall enough that like, it's effortless for you to dunk and you do it all the time and not rarely, then you should just be laying that ball in. Um, but then the other thing I really want to talk about for the Warriors, I think it's the last thing I'm going to talk about on this podcast about the Warriors, is my thoughts on Curry, Thompson, and Durant. So Durant's just been an absolute legend. I mean, LeBron's the second best of all time behind Jordan, obviously, but Durant, in terms of right now, is the best player in the NBA at this moment. Not of all time or anything like that, but he's more valuable right now to have than anyone, and he's more valuable to have right now than LeBron. He's not going to win MVP this season. I still think it should go to Harden, but, or Giannis will obviously see. I think Harden, but regardless. Um, but yeah, Durant's just been the whole reason the Warriors have done anything in this playoffs. I mean, I, I think it's kind of proved that how desperate the Warriors are that they need him, and that if he does end up leaving for New York or something, I think the Warriors will become a very beatable team uh, in the West and just in general. But now moving on to Curry and Thompson, they've had some really bad shooting slumps. And, like, yeah, the Warriors have been fine, I guess you could say without, But I don't really think it's that the Warriors have been fine. It's that Durant has just been willing and been able to carry them completely with them struggling. And so I think if they don't start stepping up soon, that they could really easily fall apart in that series and the Rockets could take it from them. And I'm not saying they're out of bias. I'm simply saying Durant's unbelievable, but eventually you can't just make him do everything. Someone else is going to have to eventually be able to do something. And um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all I want to talk about for the Warriors. And the last thing I want to talk about for that series and just like for the NBA and then I'm going to move on to NHL and the Derby is that I'm just finally I'm happy that Harden finally stepped up. I mean, he said he couldn't have put it better in his interview that like that's his job and that it, that's what he expects himself to do, to attack and be aggressive. And then he has to close things out down the stretch. That's what that's why he's an MVP candidate. And that's what he's known for in the regular season. And finally, he stepped up in this game and actually did that. And the eye looks all good. He looks a lot better. I mean, it was funny when Chris Paul said they look strange, which he does. But the good news is he said he saw perfectly fine and he feels perfectly fine, which is good because that's what the Rockets need from him. So, yeah, so now moving on to the NHL. Um, right now, the Stars are playing the Blues in Game 6, and I'm pretty sure the Blues are up 3-1. to one. Let me just double-check that. Uh, no, they're up 4-1 to one now with 4.55 to go in the third, so I'm assuming they're going to take that game. And I said the Blues were going to win, I think, in 6 or 7, so now obviously they would need a 7. I think the Blues are going to win in 7. I think they're going to go home and finish it. I thought if Dallas didn't take this game today that they were going to lose the series, because the Blue, especially with the fact that they're getting dominated. So I think the Blues are going to take that. And I believe I actually said on this podcast that if Columbus had won that game, that they were going to go on to take it in seven, and now they're up 3-2. And I just don't think Columbus is going to allow them to end up going, uh, to allow that series to finish at home in six, especially with how good they've been uh, in these playoffs at home. So I think Boston's going to take that series in seven. And obviously the Hurricanes, like I said, I said that they were once they were up three out that they were just going to finish the sweep because that um, because it was at Carolina and that the Jets, uh, not the Jets, sorry, the um, Islanders were shell shocked. So that didn't really surprise me. 
And then the Sharks game. That's what I'm really thrilled about, that they're up 3-2. I wouldn't be surprised if they closed it out in six, but just to play it safe, because I don't want to get too greedy or overconfident, I'm going to say the Sharks finish it in seven. But that game should not have been 2-1. Colorado's goalie's just been bailing them out this whole series. Honestly, like, the Sharks would have won in five if it wasn't for him. And to be honest, they probably should have won that game last night, like, four, three, at least 3-1, probably 4-5-1, to be completely honest with you, with how they dominated that game from start to finish with shots and face-offs and just better play. So, yeah, I think the Sharks will take that series. Um, and so, yeah, that's all the series because the NHL is ahead of the NBA right now, so there's not as much to cover. But, see, so, yeah, I'm thrilled that the Sharks and Rockets won. And I actually um, decided and said that if the Rockets and Sharks won, that I would make episode three the next day for the podcast. And so that's why I even made it today. That's why it's kind of on short notice and not much to talk about. And so the last thing I'm going to talk about is the Kentucky Derby. So overall, and it's not because I lost or this and that. And honestly, my horses didn't even do that. I mean, by my standards did, but I'm not surprised. But like game winner got fifth and Tacitus got third. And like even before game winner had gotten sixth, then Tacitus fourth. So neither of them did that bad. But I just thought it wasn't that exciting. Like the horses, like the horses that were in the front, kind of just went the whole way, and it wasn't much drama about a horse coming back or this or that. It was kind of I just thought the Derby was kind of underwhelming this year, at least in my opinion, and it wasn't like too exciting. There wasn't also a horse that dominated, like Justified, kind of just maximum security, just won. But now the part that I was that I did find interesting and like. Definitely everybody or a lot of people should know about this was the disqualification of maximum security that allowed Country House, who was 65 to 1, to win the Kentucky Derby, who I believe was the longest odds horse to win the Derby since there was a horse that was 91 to 1 or something that won a long time ago. Anyway, um, but so for my thoughts on that, I think it was the right thing to the right call, but the wrong thing to do because the horse that got to win because of it was not affected at all by it. However, War of Will, which was the one horse on the inside, and Long Toddy, whatever the name of that other horse was, was also affected. But that, but the horse, the, honestly, the only other horse I thought could have had a chance to win was War of Will because it was on the inside and had and was gaining a lot of ground and had the advantage to be the only horse that could really catch him. But Maximum Security, in all honesty, truly was the best horse and deserved to win. But I don't think it was the wrong call. Like, it definitely was, it definitely could have led to a ton of horses toppling over each other. And it definitely led to a dangerous thing. And I don't think it was intentional or anything. I think the horse truly did just get nervous from the audience. So it veered over a little bit because it's not supposed to normally do that. Um, so that's pretty much all I have to say about it. But like I said, I think it was the right thing to do. But at the same time, the wrong thing to do. Because the wrong horse won, but the right call was made. Maximum Security should have won that race. But it did need to be penalized and DQ'd for what it did. It's just unfortunate because obviously you can't just move War of Will all the way up to win. But Country House did not deserve to win because Country House was neck and neck with Maximum Security. And then Maximum Security just pulled away. Country House just clearly wasn't talented enough to come back. And the jockey claimed on Country House that it got veered off a little from it too. But from the replays and from what I saw, I didn't really see anything from that. So that's my thoughts on that. Um, I think I'm going to also make my predictions for the Belmont Stakes and Preakness Stakes later when we get to that. Or is it Preakness and Belmont? Yeah, no, I, I don't remember what the order is, to be honest. I should know that, but whatever. And um, so, yeah, I think that's pretty much going to do it. I'm thrilled that Arlington's back in season. I had a good first day at Arlington, and I can't wait for the summer to get back at it. Um, but, yeah, that's going to rep- uh, wrap up Episode 3 of Freeman Sports Pod. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. Please let me know anything you guys want me to talk about or not talk about as much 
or any constructive criticism or just things that you liked or any compliments you have or anything you want to tell me about this episode, either DM me on Instagram or Snapchat me or text me, whatever you want to do, or even tell me in school, choose your thoughts because I want to keep improving this. And yeah, please check it out. Please spread the podcast and check it out and tell others to check it out too. Uh, thanks. Uh, that's going to end up this, that's going to wrap up this episode. See you guys.